Hey everyone, welcome back to the Expat Brat Podcast. It's Salman Qureshi and we're um, frying in this heat. Well, not me so much. I live in the Middle East where uh, every house is essentially air-conditioned, right? Like you've got AC built in. It's part of our culture. Like I don't go to sleep. Uh, people don't go to sleep here without having their AC on even when the weather outside is nice because we're so used to uh, freezing ourselves up and having a blanket on top uh, to make ourselves comfortable. I don't understand why we do that or the way we do that, but um, that's the way we roll, people. You know, it was so <laughs> it was so easy uh, and cheap here that back when I was growing up in Saudi, there was this uh, expat compound called Saudi City, right? And all the employees that worked for the Saudi Airlines uh, lived there, for, well, most of them. And it was a different town in there as opposed to the rest of Saudi because you could walk around without having to uh, cover up, like, you know, for the women, like the abaya. Some of the girls I know would drive within the compound. So it had slightly uh, more freedom inside in that place. It was like the place, as a kid, I just wanted to go there and live there. If I could make my dad uh, join the airlines just so our family could move in there, I would have done it, all right? So it, it, it was the place you wanted to be. It was nirvana for us when, when I think about it. Um, and to have friends in there, I'm not sure if I was friends with those people because I liked them or there was a tiny bit, maybe, just maybe that because they lived in Saudi City, um, I wanted to I wanted to hang out there, right? And so I loved going over. It was very different. And, and but, but there's one thing about it that was crazy. And that was none of them paid uh, the electricity bill. It was paid for by the airlines. That's how crazy and easy it was back in the 80s in terms of money in that country and probably why they attracted expats in the first place. And so they, they would leave. I would hear this from everybody. They would just leave the AC on even when they went off for summer. It could be for a month, you know, maybe two months. I don't know. But they would just go and leave everything switched on, all right? And I think some of us have to do it now in this uh, country uh, regardless because uh, you can get mold and stuff. The heat really messes up housing and pipes and whatnot. So you hear about it, probably more shoddy construction in general out in this place um, as opposed to before. But back then, they deliberately leave it on because they didn't have to pay for it. It was just like a big, uh, well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right? It's just because I can and I don't have to pay for it. Who says crime has to pay, right? So that was um, that was, that was the crazy thing about that place. But I think most of us growing up in the Middle East had that concept. Um, I pay a lot more for my diva bill electricity which is the local electricity municipality stuff and i i gotta admit like even i feel that you know it's quite a lot i think it has become quite important at least in dubai with with international places they don't let you feel anymore like it's an oil rich country uh which is unfortunate and <laughs> i'm not used to it you know taxes higher bills it's like i could live anywhere else in the world for if i have to do this now um but anyway, that's, uh, that's how we roll with the aircon. So even though it's hot outside, it's crazy, um, you, 
adapt your lifestyle to it like everything here is done inside malls you meet people inside a lot of these outdoor places actually have tents for the summer now and it's air conditioned <laughs> so which i'm not sure why i guess it's because they have more area to cover allow more customers in so th so they do that a lot of these shisha places in dubai you know the pipe smoking stuff we do out here um they'll have these kind of tents that are air conditioned the good ones are so well ventilated and i think it's because of law that they uh they just um kind of uh you don't really feel like you're indoors in that like it's not stuffy or, or you're coughing your lungs out uh which you are anyway because you're smoking that thing up you know green apple give me some green apple that's uh that's a big favorite here and then they'll smoke it up and then they wonder why cancer is a big thing uh <laughs> it's Smoking is such another big part of the Middle East. It's crazy. And I think it's because for the longest of time, uh, cigarettes were so cheap. When I was growing up, it was a dollar for a pack. The equivalent of a dollar for a Marlboro. Mar did I say it right? Mar Mar I, can't, I always get that name. It's hard for me to pronounce. Marlboro. Marlboro. If you say it fast, it sounds quite, quite easier, right? Marlboro, 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 uh, Marlboro Reds. Um, they cost four reals, four dirhams, which is about a little, slightly more than a dollar, right? And, and so, why not? Everybody could afford it. You just did it. Uh, no one cared about people telling you it was bad for you. You'd hear about it, but yeah, it was a cool thing to do back then as well, right? So everybody smoked and then it becomes a lifelong habit. And so cigarettes are just a huge part of this place. My first job, uh, not my first job actually, sorry. My, the, I worked in a bank for a while and I started smoking at that time because uh, I know you've watched this on a friend's episode, but it was real for me. A lot of the people will go downstairs, have a chat, and then go up and they'd have, you know, decided on things. And I, and I was like, oh, no, I can't I can't be like left out of this. So I started smoking to hang out with people. It was also a nice way to like network because um, everybody hung out. Right. So your senior leaders and managers and stuff. And you wanted to feel kind of part of it. You know, you didn't want to be left out. So you smoked. <laughs> That's why I smoked a lot. And uh, and thankfully, I left the corporate world. But it has an effect on you for some reason. For some reason. I don't know why, what it is. But if you work for a corporate 9 to 5, it just somehow you just want to smoke. Maybe it's just giving up on life or something, you know. And you're just like, ah, just kill me now. All right. <laughs> kill me now. But if not, then I'll just do it slowly with these cigarettes. I'll just puff on these over and over again, spend all my finances on it because it's expensive now and also just torture myself to that. That's how messed up, <laughs> that's, that's how terrible it is for people that they're doing that to themselves, okay? So it's hot, all right? It's just, oh, this heat, man. I'm like sitting indoors in air condition and I can feel the heat on me. Like It's just, that's how bad this place is. Um, the, the other way you get fooled in this city is a lot of the glass, obviously, in buildings and offices are tinted, right? So you sit in and you're cooling off in this nice AC. They're on full blast everywhere. And you forget. You look outside and you feel like it's great weather outside. And then for five seconds, because everything else is just frozen indoors, you walk out for five seconds. It's like, it's amazing. It's like this nice little bask of sunlight on your skin and you feel great. And then five seconds later, you're frying and you're like, ah! 
save me. Like you run indoors or something. Um, like a zombie attacked you or something, you know? Uh, so it's good that those five seconds are, are probably the best five seconds of your life, okay? Uh, <laughs> come down and experience it. It's such a unique experience. Um, anyway, for those of you watching me on the video clips, uh, I've got, I look like I, I just stepped out of Miami Vice. I know you've been probably wondering why I'm wearing shades at home while podcasting. Eh, it's the latest trend. I'm sorry. I'm trying to start something here. Um, no, <laughs> I've actually, I've got LASIK done. All right. So no more, none of these glasses stuff, none of this crap. I can uh, walk around, not worry about my kid pulling my glasses off or if I've forgotten it and then driving and going, oh no, I don't have my glasses. I got to drive without it. And then bump, there's like a little bump and you're like, I hope it wasn't a person. You know, it's just, troublesome having to go over that again and again and reversing back making sure they're dead then getting rid of the body it's just so i can't do it anymore i'm getting old for that right so <laughs> even when i was growing up um i grew up in the 80s and it was uh it was still an era where you know glasses weren't cool uh, i know they became cool fashionable accessories because they improved Back then, you got horrible glasses, man. Those plasticky types, transparent ones, which just made you look uh, gender neutral, I guess. That's probably where the idea came from, okay? And <laughs> in the language around it was like, you're, you're nerds, uh, four-eyed, and uh, we self... So I got them when I was in the second grade. And uh, luckily, two of the friends that I hung out with also got glasses like it was a pure pleasure i i know you know that meme you get online about like if god if you can't make me thin make my friends fat well <laughs> i got it with glasses and so the three of us would walk around and sing three blind mice or something we just one of our friends labeled ourselves that why would you do that right i don't think bullying was too bad in our school but i felt uncool about it because in pop culture at that time in movies and stuff the kids with the glasses were always the losers. And so I grew up, I think I always had a chip on my shoulder about it. And 10, 15 years ago, uh, well, first of all, I remember the day I found out about LASIK surgery. Uh, it was one of my teachers, I can't remember which one, it was, I think it was one of my physics or science teachers in school. And they told us about this incident, about this thing that comes out. And some football player, I think it was Russian, again, vague memories now, uh, telling me uh, that, that, that they had an accident and then they, they, in their eyes and they went in and they invented this thing and blip, blip, done. He walked out, his eyes safe and normal again, right? And that just, as a kid, I, this just blew my mind. I was like, I need some of that. I need some candy and I need some LASIK surgery. <laughs> that was, those were my priorities. Um, couldn't get it as a kid. Didn't even know when it arrived in, in the Middle East. Um, so I had to make do with contact lenses, which were, by the way, so freaking expensive, particularly for my eyes. I had stigmatism or whatever, so I had to have special contact lenses made and I cried and whined with my mom till she got it for me poor man my poor mom <laughs> made her spend so much money on my contact lenses because I had a chip on my shoulder and it's all your fault people for blame you know for making fun of a little kid with dreams in his eyes about which he couldn't see clearly because he wore glasses all right so then I grow up 
and I hear about LASIK a bit more and reminded of it. So 10, 15 years ago, I, I went and got it, got myself checked. And the doctor at that time, I think the technology was not there. And he said, because I've got astigmatism, he said, it won't help you. So there's no point in doing it. And I was devastated. And I, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to wear glasses my whole life. I don't always wear glasses around. I wear contact lenses, but sometimes I can bear with it. But my left eye particularly is like a lazy eye, right? It's uh, it's like a teenager it just kind of goes, um, hey, you know, why do I got to do any work? Uh, I just want to sit back. Uh, I want to sit at home. I don't want to do nothing. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my teenage left eye. And if you don't know what it means, it basically means I'm kind of one-eyed in a way, uh, but just like barely. I can see better with my right eye versus my left eye and my right eye has become my dominant eye so my left eye becomes more lazier it's like a vicious circle okay so got it done i finally went right now there was like this price promotion offer going on at this local hospital and i went screw it man we're doing this got myself checked went in and just got it done it's a 10 minute thing it's awesome you if you've got glasses just go to this man i don't know why you're walking around half blind in this world it's so great like the second it's over you can see clearly yeah i gotta be careful for a few you know for about a week that's why i've got the shades on um uh, which are only meant to be worn outdoors not indoors but i've got a kid as well so i'm just worried he'll poke me in the eye and and blind me so <laughs> so i'm just being careful because of that and no but it's so easy it's like a 10 minute process like the actual operation it's not it's scarier when you read about it because oh my god the description is terrible like they stretch your eye out and they put something on it and there's a little pressure blah 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 don't read up on it <laughs> sometimes it helps to be ignorant all right in this case it helps because i went in uh i was a little scared because i had read up but when you're actually going through it what you realize is that you don't really realize what's happening. You don't know what's happening because you're just there. You're asked to look at this green light, which turns into lots of different colors for a while. It's I haven't done it, but if it was if there was like an acid, uh, uh, if I knew this is how you are on acid, that's how I'd imagine it to be. And so, so it's just like a trippy little uh, experience you have. And then you get up and the, the doctor, she was like, well, can you see? And I'm like, yeah, I can. That's it. That's it. Like, it's not like other surgeries. Like I had a knee surgery, like I've said before. And you take time to recover. You got to go into a physio and you can't just walk once you've done uh, your surgery. In this case, you pretty much can't. You can see immediately. And that's awesome. So, uh, you know, I've become like a real... Uh, what do you call it? Like promoter, proponent of LASIK surgery? Go do it. If you're wearing glasses, just go do it. It's it's safe. It's easy. It's cheap now. Um, why? Why put yourself through this whole weird stuff of needing something like glasses and stuff? Anyway, um, so there there I am. I'm recovering now. Uh, maybe in a week. <laughs> maybe in a week I'll be like, don't do LASIK. Okay, it's mucked up my eyes. I, I, I gotta like I'm, I'm like don't go anywhere near that hospital don't do LASIK it's terrible for you um, who knows who knows so maybe you might want to wait till my follow-up episode to see you know if um, uh, if if uh, if I'm still okay because <laughs> I don't know what if I'm like yeah just don't do it uh, so yeah wait it out a few days I'll let you know if anything terrible has happened to me and we'll see haha pun intended we'll see we'll we will see all right cool um, 
what else is going on in my life right now? Uh, you know, if this isn't enough, right? What do I got to do to entertain you people? I've had multiple surgeries done on myself. I have just, you know, told, admitted to wasting electricity and adding to the global climate change uh, problem around the world. What else do you want me to do? How honest do you want me to be about stuff? All right. Um, you know what I'm struggling with is is social media as a as a performer. <sighs> this is a tough one. If you're young, you could kind of do the young people stuff, but I'm older and so I'm <laughs> doing some stuff on TikTok. You gotta go check it out, right? And every time I do it, I'm like, I don't know. Am I am I like one of those old people that young people are just looking at, going, Oh man, stop trying so hard. But I'm trying to do stuff that I enjoy. And just have a little bit of fun on online, uh, like you know. That's basically the advice I get from my wife all the time about it. And I don't want to regret life, so <laughs> I'm doing it. But I, at this particular age, you kind of struggle with what kind of content you want to create. Um, you uh, obviously, as a comedian, actor, career, you you kind of trying to make stuff that's there. I don't want to do like educational stuff on there, but you just like, what do you put up? You know, so if you've got fun ideas or topics that you think this is the area you should be working on, I'd love to hear from you because I don't know why not, right? Like, uh, let's outsource my thinking uh, to my fans out there. <laughs> like, you guys do some stuff, man. Do put in put in some effort, people. Put in some effort. I'm putting in my uh, two bits. You guys got to do your bit, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's about fair. Uh, I. I, I, as it is, I grew up lazy because I've always had like people looking out for me um, at home. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but it's um, so dependent on help. <laughs> if you're a kid who grew up in the Middle East, like I never made my bed or cooked anything till I ended up in the dorms. And I remember the first couple of days, I'm just like looking at my bed thinking, uh, who's going to... Who's gonna make this bed? Who's gonna do the dishes and stuff, right? Like it was, uh, it was crazy. I had to. I was so proud of washing my own clothes, which essentially meant I just had to press the washing machine button on and off. But I just thought it was mind blowing that I, I did it myself. You know, that's how pathetic I was when I went out into the world. Uh, just because help is cheap here, and even now, uh, you know, we've got a family. She's like family. And uh, she, uh, you know, we've got a nanny for our kid and she helps out around the house as well. Uh, and I just, you know, for a while we didn't have anyone. And now that she's part of our family, like I am, I probably would be more devastated if she left me as opposed to my wife and kid. Like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, please, you know, are you happy? Uh, is, can I do anything for you? Uh, you know, if you've got any problem, let me know, please. It's just... Uh, it's, but it's also, man, you hear bad stories of some people like barging into families and just being terrible. And you're just lucky that you find someone who, who does feel like family. Gerald's really cool. Cause she, um, that's her name. If I haven't already said it, Gerald, uh, uh, she and Zayan get along. Like Zayan actually, uh, looks a lot like, uh, her, her family as well. You know, so it's really funny. They're all attached to him and it's really nice to see. And he really loves her, you know. When he gives her hugs and stuff, I just melt in my, uh, in my heart and stuff. Like it's, um, you're very lucky and blessed to have someone in your family. Uh, if you do, appreciate it, I guess. 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't want to get sent sentimental here. Um, <clears throat> let's talk crap. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about playing sports eventually. So I can't go for uh, my weekly football game. I'm going to miss that this week, which is a bummer because I I love. I, I, I'm not great at football, but I love the company and I love just playing a sport and I'm trying to kickstart the basketball again. It's so hard. Uh, but what I'm excited about is uh, a lot of time I play sports, I, I, I leave my contact lens off. I, I don't wear glasses while playing because it's such a problem. And now I'm just thinking, hey, man, will this affect my game, like my ability? Like that would be really cool if it does. Like if I can shoot better suddenly or, you know, I tend to goalkeep a lot in football. Maybe I'll block a few more shots than I normally do because I can see the ball coming faster at me. (laughs) If I don't improve, it's going to be, I'm going to have to admit, it's going to be a little disappointing because I'll have to admit to myself that I suck. (laughs) then my hand-eye coordination is just terrible regardless of my vision, all right? So it's um, I'm kind of nervous about playing the first few games when I do, uh, just to see. Maybe stuff like billiards, you know? <clears throat> Again, too often I play my stuff without my glasses on and everything, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see uh, if the world's any better because of that. Well, not the world, but my abilities, do they improve, right? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, in in the near future right what else what else did i say i'd talk about here nothing else man look um my wife is uh flying off to the uk and i'm genuinely worried about it because i'm like it's so hot there uh i don't know if she can bear it because you know people there aren't, aren't equipped with air conditions like we are here but she'll get to see her family and friends so i'm like hey go ahead go uh it's really fun because i haven't she's from scotland and i haven't heard yet if it's actually gotten warmer in Scotland. Um, not sure. Yeah, people are out about. My wife, my mom and dad are going to the States and then Canada. Um, so they're going to these wonderful countries. I don't have any summer plans, man. I'm going to be podcasting. I just end up releasing more episodes to bore you guys with. Uh, that's my plan. Uh, my kid is going to be here in the summer with me. Most likely he's going to stick around because he loves me. If I go away for two seconds, he panics. And so my wife is like, all right. He'll probably feel better staying with you than coming along with me. <sighs> there we are. You know, I would have gone to the UK, but it's taking six to eight weeks for people to process their visas. Yeah, I'm from one of those countries where you need a visa. And so I'm going to stick around for the summer. Guys, uh, that's all that's going on in my life right now. Uh, I've shared every single thing I could in this moment. You know what I'm waiting for? My wife's gone to the mall. She's coming back with some gelato. It's uh, it's my favorite. If you live in Dubai, I don't know if it's if this branch is open in other places in the Middle East, but this place called La Romano, it has the best gelato, especially this one particular f- flavor that I don't know the name of. I, I really should find out what the name is. I just go in there like a little kid and I want this one, this this colored one. I've recognized the texture. This is the one I want. Uh, and never and they always say the name and it's an Italian name and I'm just like uh huh yeah pack it up pack a gallon. Uh, I love ice cream in general, but this one really kicks ass. So if you're in Dubai, do try it out. This isn't sponsored. I just love their stuff. Uh, and my wife's coming back from the mall where they have a branch. So I'm going to have some gelato and chill out. Meanwhile, try not to get burned, people. Enjoy your week. I'll catch you soon. Um, uh, take care. Bye. Or as a dog would say, woof. Woof.